Brewing Company presents Sports Talk 790 Astroline. Astroline. The official off-season show of Astros baseball. This is where we talk about your Astros. Join the show. Post your questions and comments on social media. Just be sure to hashtag Astroline. That ball is gone. Pluckers Wing Bar on Shepherd. Sports Talk 790 Astroline starts now. Welcome, everybody, to Astroline from West Palm Beach, Florida. We are live and direct from Duffy Sports Bar on Clematis Street in downtown West Palm Beach. Show two of four down here for our spring training festivities. I'm Todd Callis alongside my TV broadcast partner, Jeff Blum. Blummer. Your first Astro Line in Florida. I know you've done a few up in Houston. How's uh, spring been so far for you? It's been really good. The sun has not been as kind to me as it has been to you. <laughs> but uh, I think that might be a little, uh, you know, genes and, uh, you know, heredity. But uh, it's been good. It's been nice. The weather today was absolutely incredible. I know the first game we broadcast, Julia was a little bit warm down there, and the JMI was extremely high. <laughs> but uh, she survived, and the last couple of days have been perfect. Today ha- has been a very, very good day. Kind of crazy. Our first television broadcast together will be tomorrow, and we're, here we are doing our first Astro Line show. Yeah, we're on the radio we're first. We're on the radio first. We get on TV together. And the cool thing about tonight's show, not only do we have a great crowd here at Duffy's, thanks to everybody who showed up to watch a little Astro good Live crowd. broadcast. Really, Very good crowd. Really good crowd. And I think one of the reasons we have a great guest tonight who last year kind of jumped onto the scene after playing with the Astros the previous two years, but last year combined for over 100 games, including the postseason, and played in all five games against the Boston Red Sox in the ALCS. Hit a home run in that ALCS. Made a fantastic catch against the wall in that ALCS. Uh, He's a guy you're going to see a lot of again in 2019. And not just saying this because he's here. If he wasn't playing the game of baseball, he's (laughs) one of the people you would want to know. One of the best guys you'll ever meet in the game. Ladies and gentlemen, Tony Kemp. (laughs) Welcome, TK. Thanks, TK. (laughs) I I, I didn't get the memo. I got to change my name tonight to like Tom Kennedy or something, man, because I didn't realize it was a TK TK show. Fit in. TK Fest. So today you guys played uh, up in Jupiter? Yes, we did. Tough day for the offense. It was uh, tough. Yeah. Straley uh, Straley had his change at work in the day. He did a good job. You played now two games in the last three days, had Mm -hmm. a couple knocks that previous game. Mm -hmm. Tell us. Take us through the day. When yeah. you, you travel okay. and you know you're starting, okay. when, how far in advance do you know your schedule? Do the guys who play get taken out of the game, get to leave early? How's the whole day work? Yeah, so the the cool thing of what AJ does, he has this big board in his room, and, you know, it's open-door policy, so people can go in and go out as they please. And uh, I usually take a picture of the board each week, so I kind of know uh, once I go to sleep if I'm starting or if I'm, you know, off that day. But uh, – Normal day usually starts for me at about 6 a.m. Uh, leave, 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 with, uh, leave with AJ at about 6.20. Get to the field roughly around 6.45. Uh, like to eat, get oatmeal in me. Probably the best part of the day. Oatmeal. And uh, I hot tub, uh, roll out, uh, make sure the body feels good before going into the cage. Make sure I go in the weight room and, and stretch out. Go to the cage. I'll get in there probably right around 8. And then uh, probably 8 to 8.30. Uh, hit and then after that arm exercises back in the in the training room and then by that time it's about it's about nine and then we have a meeting at at 9 a.m. Uh, after the meeting uh, head out for stretch usually depends upon how long that meeting goes uh, so 
9.30, 9.45, we're out on the field, and then we have three rotations, cage, defense, and, and like a bunting station, and usually go through those rotations, and then after that, uh, head out on the bus, and, and, or whoever, if you, if you drove, take your car and drive out and game at one. And you can drive or take the bus. Yeah, you have that option. If, uh, if AJ allows you or if you have over a year of service time, then you, uh, you generally get that, that, that role. What are you doing in the cage? Are you a T guy? Are you soft toss? Are you, I mean, or do you just do it all? Yeah, so people kind of think I'm weird because I don't hit on the field. So No, that's like the new trend, though. Yeah, I, I guess that's the new trend. Uh, but, but for me, it's different. Uh, the distance is a little, it's a little different for me just because I would rather have someone throw harder and closer rather than further away. So I don't know if it's the distance or whether it's being on the field, but uh, for my swing, it creates uh, super long habits, and I'd rather stay short and compact in my swing. So uh, I just think being in the cage and – is a lot easier for me just because uh, I see that ball flight a little better. So it's a little easier for me. So I, I like doing that. No, that's interesting. I like the idea because you're right. BP can kind of slow down a little bit. You get in that – well, you get in the yeah. mode where you want to see how far you can hit it. And all yeah. of a sudden you create that longer loop in the swing. But right. you like sh shortening the distance between you and the pitcher and having them just bring it Yeah. to kind of make it a little more game speed and allow the hands to be a little more quick. Yeah, so, uh, you know, doing that allows me to actually – I feel like I see the ball better mm -hmm. and uh, – Working on plate discipline comes from that, too, because uh, once you're so close, you have, uh, you know, less time to react. So if a ball's off the plate or if it's a little bit in and you take it, you know, it's actually kind of killing two birds at one stone. You're actually working on keeping a short and compact swing, but you're also working on your plate discipline as well. I just waved off TK because I'm nerd now because you said I wanted to ask you about your strike zone command and how you how do you understand that? And that's a part of it in the cage, but can, can you tell fans a little bit, because you are very good at this in working counts, going to 3-2, the on-base percentage was up there. You're, when you're on base, you're wreaking havoc. You understand that, but how do you understand where that strike zone is for Tony Kemp? Yeah, so uh, God bless me to be short, so I have a small, <laughs> I have a small zone, but uh, you know, I usually like to put it in the, in the area of a box, and uh, you know, what I like to do is, is once the pitcher you know, puts his hand up, I like to soft center his arm. So if that ball is leaving in a certain distance outside of his arm, I kind of know uh, a little sooner if it's going to be a ball or a strike. Nice. So that's kind of like how I differentiate between uh, balls and strikes and uh, taking or swinging and, and yes and no. And uh, once, you, once you get into spring training and you start seeing lives, uh, live pitching, live arms for the first time, uh, many people might not know, but, you know, it's difficult for the hitters. Some some make it look easier than others right away because it's, you know, hitting's rhythm, timing, and, uh, you know, action on the ball too. So uh, being able to do all those things and bring them into one in spring training, it's, uh, you know, some guys it takes harder to do. Uh, myself, I usually – it usually takes me a little bit to get going, and then once the season hits, I'm, I'm ready to go. So thank God for spring training. Absolutely. Tony Kemp, our guest on Astro Line tonight. Tony coming off a year in which he was on base at a 395 clip in the number nine spot. That was the seventh wow. highest in the history of the game. Not the history of the Astros, in the history of the game out of the nine spot. That's pretty legit. Uh, that's not bad. <laughs> so that's, that's not bad. There's some of the techniques you were talking about in tracking yeah. pitches. When you say you never hit on the field, does that mean you never hit on the field? Never hit on the – yeah, I, so working with Jeff Albert, he's actually with the Cardinals now. Uh, he's, he was our assistant hitting coach last year, and I was in, in 2017, I was in AAA, and he said, 
why don't you not hit on the field and just see how it goes for a month? And so I decided to. So I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to take some time off, and I'm not going to hit on the field. I'm just going to do strictly cage work. And uh, I think I hit about 3.30 that month. And so I said, okay, maybe we're on to something. And ended up doing it uh, the next month. And it kind of led into, into the big leagues. And uh, being able to tell your hitting coach you're not hitting on the field, he's like, are you okay? Are you sick? Like, you know, <laughs> so I, uh, you know, you, you, get some, you get some crap from your teammates at first. But, uh, you know, it's, everybody's different. And uh, being able to simplify my swing in the cage is, is everything for me. That's good stuff, and I think this day and age with the data that they have, they actually might encourage it to you know, not hit on the field just because of the health reasons oh. and stuff like that, trying to unload. Mm -hmm. Now, getting on the other side with the glove, you do a lot of work in the cage. What are you doing? Are you strictly working on the outfield, or do you still take ground balls at second base? Yeah, still take ground balls, making sure I'm, I'm still fresh because, you know, you never know. At the, at the end of the game, we might be beating the A's or the Rangers. Hopefully we are again this year by <laughs> 10 runs or I so. I like that and, idea. Yeah, and uh, – you know, Altuve might need to might need to come out the game early. So insert Tony, and <laughs> you just go in and uh, you know make sure that you're always ready for the game. And uh, you know, being able to be versatile and you know when your number's called, just be able to to go out there and compete. And uh, being able to understand my my role as as a player on this team is you know obviously you need guys like uh, myself or a guy like Tyler White inserted last year, and the the guys that. The role players, the guys that, you know, the starters aren't in the game and the game doesn't miss a beat from the offense or the defense. So uh, hopefully we can keep things moving smoothly this year too. Clyde, you mentioned Tyler White because you guys have followed a similar path. Oh, yeah. Uh, you, nobody knows how tough it is to make the 25-man roster mm -hmm. for the Astros more than you two. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and you guys started the year last year together at AAA Fresno, and then next thing you know, you guys were key components to the most wins in the history of the team, 103, and then the postseason uh, as well. You you guys feel like you're almost kindred spirits the way you guys have had your, your careers develop? Yeah, and it's actually my agency right now. We actually have the same agent. So <laughs> it's it, it's funny because uh, last year uh, we went into this mode to where we both got sent down on the same day, and uh, we kind of figured it. I mean, you know, it was a World Series team, and, and it, a lot of guys were coming back, and – uh, you know, for, for me and Whitey, it, w it was tough. We knew that we, you know, had mastered that AAA level and that we were ready to be challenged more in the big leagues. But, uh, you know, simply there was no room at the time. And uh, I remember going down and uh, being in Fresno, it's, it's, that city's especially tough. <laughs> and uh, no, no. We can be honest about yeah, that. Yeah, that, that is true. Having been from California, I know uh, Fresno's real tough. It took some years off our lives, I think, <laughs> we always say. But, uh, yeah, we just we had that mindset of um, – you know, if I have one hit, he wants two hits. And that was kind of our competitive uh, friendship that we had. And I think that was good because sometimes you go down to AAA and you can get into this lull of, I'm not going to go to the cage today or, you know, I don't need to do extra work. And it's really easy. It's really easy to do that. I didn't get that uh, once I was in AAA at 22. I, I didn't understand that. But now being 27, I understand that uh, guys that go up and down and guys that, you know, their work ethic kind of uh, goes by the wayside. So I think me and him being able to, uh, have bad things off each other was good. No, I think the mentality you guys both have, it's good to have a buddy, you know, with you to be able to have those ideas and maybe commiserate too off the field and be like, man, this sucks, but we got to step it up oh. and continue to battle a little bit. Mm -hmm. And you talked about going up and down. I'm understanding that you're out of options, correct? Yes. So this is a big spring training uh, yes, for you. Yes, <laughs> you yes, yes. You finally eliminate the option. Yes, eliminate the option. It's uh, Yeah, that's big for us.
why is that big? Explain that to everybody at home. Well, so when you have options, uh, you know, a player has, has has three options for their for their entire career, and and once a, a team uses up those options, uh, you know, the player kind of has a little bit of a little bit of leeway, a little bit of uh, a backbone, and uh, you know, they can send a player up and down as many times as they want to in a in a calendar year, and that still counts as one option. So, uh, the last three years, burn those three options, and now it's either. Uh, I'm on the team, or the team has to either uh, take me off their 40-man and put me on on waivers or trade me. So hopefully they plan to keep me. Yeah, I, I hope so too. And I think, that, <laughs> but that's what's been great about the last three years is you have come in with the mentality. I remember we were on caravan about two years ago. Yep. And you're like, you're like, I'm upset. I want, I plan on being on the team. I remember. And you didn't make the team out of spring training. And like TK was saying, and a lot of people don't understand this. There, there's 38 to 40 guys on a roster, it literally takes all those guys to go out there and win. It does. And you ended up getting 295 at-bats, I think, yeah. last year. Mm -hmm. And you hit six home runs? Yeah. What what explained the six home run uptick, man? Yeah. pop. Uh, I think uh, – so it's actually funny because they, they brought me in the meeting at the beginning of spring training, and they're like, we want you to hit for more power. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, that is, that is not – that is not – and, you know, that you kind of get scared – uh, a little bit for, you know, where our game is transitioning because, uh, you know, even meeting like Juan Pierre today in the cages and talking to him and uh, those guys are seldom now. And, uh, you know, analytics is kind of taking over the game of launch angle and exit velo. But, uh, you know, you forget about the guys who are actually getting on base for the guys who have the launch angle. There's still angle. a need for guys yeah, like there's that. Still, yeah, there's still, a, there's still a big market for that. So uh, being able to understand that and being able to understand your game is huge. But I was able to just – uh, make sure my body was working in the in the right way, and uh, little cues for me uh, was using my body and not my hands, and uh, you know I think that was that was great for me, and uh, wasn't trying to hit any of those home runs. It just they, those things happen. Tony Kemp, our guest on Astro Line. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we'll have more from Tony, including uh, a little home run celebration with his buddy Tyler White yeah. that almost cost Justin Perlin. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk more with Tony about that. We are broadcasting live from Duffy Sports Grill in downtown West Palm Beach. We'll be right back on the Houston Astros Radio Network. The offseason is here, and that means it's the perfect time for talking baseball over a great beer. Conversations with agents, with players, and other teams. So pop open a Love Street Blonde or Hopadillo IPA and discuss all of the hot stove wheeling and dealing. Astroline. Astroline presented by Carbach Brewing Company. That's certainly what we want to hear. And if you're looking for a great place for a cold one, head on over to Carbach Brewing, where we're open seven days a week for lunch, dinner, and, of course, some great brews. So crack one open, but cold locally brewed Carbach. Carbach Brewing, proud supporter of the Houston Astros. With plenty of player interaction and warm weather, spring training is something every baseball fan needs to experience. So, see you later! to West Palm Beach and see your Houston Astros in action at the 15 ballpark of the Palm Beaches. While you're here, don't miss our 20 craft breweries and 47 miles of beautiful beaches. Start planning your trip at thepalmbeaches.com for the best way to experience Florida. Welcome back, everybody, to Astro Line, presented by Carbach Brewing Company. We are live and direct from Duffy's in downtown West Palm Beach, right on Clematis Street. We have our special guest, Tony Kemp, with us, Todd Callis alongside Jeff Blum. One of the most exciting moments of 2018 also turned into one of the funniest moments of 2018. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you tired of talking about this? No, this is fine. It's, it's awesome. It's fun. So, it's a good story. We'll set the scene. The Astros are playing the A's. 
Rubber game of a three-game series, Sunday afternoon. The A's had been rolling. They had won 20 out of 21 series prior to that series. Yeah. And the Astros' lead was down to a game and a half. And this is in September now. This is late in the season. Mm. Tyler White, your buddy you talked about earlier, who yeah. you share the same agent, uh -huh. steps up against Juris Familia and hits a walk-off home run into the Crawford boxes. I was ecstatic. Take it, take us <laughs> from there because that turned How into – How ecstatic were you? <laughs> that turned into <laughs> – Tony Kemp ends up grabbing the gum tray. Gum, the, the gum, gum tray. tray. Yes. And, and that becomes part of the celebration of what happened. Uh, I remember Whitey got down 0-2 and, uh, you know, he threw a bad slider and Whitey made a – Made a good swing on it, and you know you have to understand. For me, I'm I'm his biggest cheerleader, just because you know we've always been in the same boat. So uh, once he hit it, and it uh, and it went over the fence. First reaction is just to grab the gum tray and run it out, celebrate. Everyone's high fiving, everyone's jumping around. Whitey's going crazy, and you know Whitey throws his helmet up in the air, and I'm like, yeah, this is you know this is awesome. Throw the gum on him, kind of miss, and uh, I throw the gum tray up, but it was supposed to go backwards. <laughs> and it just it ended up going straight up in the air. And you have to understand, like, threw it up straight up in the air, look at the gum tray. First head I see is just Justin Verlander's head. And I'm like, oh my God, I would love to keep my job still. So <laughs> like uh as it's coming down, I just I did my best free safety squat and just swatted it down and all of a sudden it just went viral and people <laughs> people just caught on to it and I thought I thought it was hilarious. He he showed it to me in, in the locker room the next day, and, and he got a kick out of it. And I was like, look, I'm just glad it didn't hit you. <laughs> so JV pulled up the replay for you and watched it? Oh, yeah. He, yeah, he, yeah, he pulled it up. He was like, Haha, good thing it didn't hit me. Like, yeah. you, you showed some serious ups. Yeah. You got some ups. And, yeah, you, yeah. and you avoided there was no pass interference on the play. Nothing. I mean, you came down, landed safely. No flag or anything. <laughs> yeah, my high school football days were flashing before what, my what eyes. What position did you – or positions yeah, did you I, play uh, in football? Uh, so I played up until my senior year. Uh -huh. And uh, on defense, I was uh, safety my senior year. And uh, on offense, I was uh, running back in slot. Nice. Yeah. The was, good days. Was it an easy decision to go to Vanderbilt? I know you're local out there. Actually, no, it wasn't an yep. easy. It wasn't an easy decision. I I had no offers, and going into my junior year, felt like I played pretty well, and uh, had one had one college scholarship offer from East Carolina. My brother went there, and you know they offered me seventy percent scholarship to go play outfield for them. And uh, I'll tell you that funny funny story later. But they offered me seventy percent on my birthday, and uh, I'll never forget that. It's something you never forget. You're like, wow, first. I might go to college. Yeah, yeah, I might go to college. You know, all your parents say is, "Please get a college scholarship." <laughs> and uh, go through a couple months. I took one or two more visits to Vandy. Uh, nothing official, just unofficial visits. And uh, finally, they were able to put together a package, and they said, "Hey, w we can offer you a, a full ride." Wow. And I honestly, yeah, my mom was jumping up and down. It was, it was great, and uh, I felt bad because I was. You know, my mom and dad always say, you know, you're a man of your word. And I felt bad about going back on the commitment to East Carolina and called the coach, left him a voicemail, still waiting on him till this day to call me back. Come on. Yeah. Called wow. him and said, hey, uh, you know, I'm going to be I'm going to be decommitting. Is there any way we can talk? And uh, he never called me back. But the quick story I'll tell you about that is the year before that, uh, Mike Trout, yes. Mike Trout was <laughs> going to East, East Carolina, Carolina. <laughs> and uh, Link Jarrett was actually uh one of the hitting coaches there, he actually coaches somewhere else now, but he was scouting Jackie Bradley Jr. at the time. And Jackie Bradley was about to commit to East Carolina, 
and Ray Tanner found out about it. Ray Tanner ended up scooping him. So the outfield possibly could have been me, Trout, and Jackie Bradley. My at goodness. East Carolina. Me. And I, I think I was the last person, so I understand why I didn't get a call back. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so I, I completely get it. But uh, being able to get a full ride to Vandy and uh, it being 20 minutes down the road was – True blessing. That's amazing. And your brother would have caught for a couple years with you guys? Yeah, he, uh, he had gotten drafted in the 14th round uh, by the Brewers, so he was already in pro ball at that time. Okay. So, uh, yeah, he was the Conference USA Player of the Year his senior year, and uh, he stopped playing after about two years. So he made it up to double-A. Go ahead. Great ball club in Vanderbilt. That worked out pretty good. You yeah. Had a great time there. It was, uh, it, was, it was great. And, you know, to see where the program has gone now and yeah. uh, all the guys come back in the pro locker room that, that we have. And, you know, we have a specific clubby for our, our locker room who takes care of all of our stuff. And nice. all the guys usually tip them out. He probably makes, probably makes two to three grand uh, around Christmas time. Wow. So it's cool for cool that we take care of, uh, of him. And it's the way it should be, man. That's nice. Yeah. For you guys. And so you see everything that comes in. Corbin got him an arcade room. And uh, <laughs> now there's a there's a barbershop room where guys can call in their own barber. And it's like, you know, it's seriously like pro ball. And he, he gets ideas from all the pro guys who come back and say, hey, what would be cool? What, what do you want? What would you want in college? So now there's a arcade room there's a new barbershop room and there's a sleep room oh my god so it's so he's uh you know if you're if you're a high school kid and you decide to go there you're not you're not making a, a mistake tim corbin the coach of vanderbilt ma doing amazing things and really sets up a family atmosphere of all the things i knew about yeah. you and i was doing quick research today i knew obviously vandy anchors down all that stuff i didn't yeah. know your nickname According to Wikipedia, <laughs> I've heard I, I did not know you were the, you were known as the Admiral. I got called that like three or four times, and it just and people the Admiral. I'm like, what? Like the Commodore thing? But yeah, I just go with it. I, you know, because nobody calls it, it, the Astros. Nobody on the team calls you that. No, it's it's just TK. <laughs> it's T everybody's TK. TK or Campy. I don't know. Campy. I may have to work in the Admiral in some of these games Please that we've don't. got, man. No, this no. sounds like a plan. No. I think, you know, I'm looking for new nicknames no. and, and fun stuff to no. call. I'm don't getting the note. Don't do it. Shot down. <laughs> I think you should <laughs> stick <laughs> with Kemp and ain't easy. That's, yeah. Oh, that one's yeah. legit. I yeah. love that one. Let that one stick. Yep, that's that a good one. Stick. We'll, we'll keep it simple. Have you made a Have you made a T-shirt, Kemp and ain't easy yet? Yeah. I've got a lot of shirts. Yeah, the hugs for homers took off. It came out last year, yeah. Being able to raise all that money for the Astros Foundation was so cool. Yeah. yeah. Hugs for Homer is going to be a bobblehead now? I saw that. Dude. I saw that. I, I wish Gaddis was back on the team this year, but it would be me and Altuve this year. Nice. Yeah. So What was the cool. genesis of that one? Uh, <laughs> the Hugs for Homer? When you, yeah, when oh. you decided to pick up Evan Gaddis. This, is, yeah. this is a good story, too. Well, <laughs> I, remember, I remember we were like, okay, we're going to do the Hugs for Homer's thing, and we're going to raise it for charity. And I remember texting him, and then he was like, you know, it would be cool, you know, on the plane, obviously, we probably, you know, had a couple of beverages and yeah, so, some thinking juice, and uh, he was like, "You know, it'd be cool. It'd be cool if uh, you picked me up after you hit a home run." I was like, "Man, maybe." <laughs> and so, you know, after I remember being in in Arlington, I remember hearing you guys, and I hit the home run, and I came in, and it, all that adrenaline, you kind of just pick them up. But uh, talking to Scott, I was like, "Maybe I shouldn't do that." <laughs> my back get my back get blown out. It'd be terrible. Yeah, have a provision in your contract that says yeah, you know, yeah, liability. Yeah. If I blow out for a hug for Homer, it's okay. It's fine. Please don't pick up Gaddis anymore. Yeah, yeah. So good, Tony Kemp, our guest tonight on Astro Line, and Tony, uh, last year a phenomenal year for you and the team. 103 wins, a new franchise record. Uh, coming off the World Series title, there's a lot of teams that don't win or come close to 100 right. wins, and you guys end up setting the franchise record. Obviously. Yeah. 
didn't end up the way you wanted to in the postseason. But uh, did you feel that that team, as it as the season was rolling along, was was destined, was looking like it was going to repeat? Yeah, and you know, you mentioned it earlier. I think the A's actually made us a better team mm -hmm. just because they were they were nipping on our heels the you know the whole way down, especially on the stretch in September when it's you know those are the dog days of of, of grinding and. Uh, you bring up a couple guys, and, and the A's are just winning every series, winning every game, and, and that was incredible. But uh, to see to see the, the camaraderie our team has, uh, that's one thing that you can't, you know, create everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it's kind of a, a light switch effect of, you know, we can all be messing around, but once we have the meeting, you know, it's it's all seriousness. And uh, that's, that's kind of tough to, tough to get and tough to get into in other places because, you know, once people are joking around, they're kind of in that in that realm. But... I think we do a good job of uh, associating, like, seriousness, you know, fun and putting it all together. And, uh, you know, especially, you know, this generation of baseball, it's kind of different. You know, we, you kind of grow up and, you know, people say, you know, don't show emotion in the game and uh, you never let them see you sweat. But, you know, I insert Alex Bregman and you, <laughs> <laughs> and you have a you have a completely different you have a completely a 180. So, uh, you know, seeing our team do that and seeing us just be able to be comfortable in our own skin was was cool to see and it's fun to be a part of no you guys have definitely endeared yourself to the city of houston the fans that watch the game of baseball i think it's really starting to grow outside of the city of houston because of that emotion you're talking about yeah but at the end of the season you guys end up losing to the boston red sox we've seen you guys at in complete elation oh. at championships yeah. what what was the what was it like being in that clubhouse after that loss knowing that your season was over yeah that was that was definitely tough um you know one of the things is we were going back, and I think they hit, like, 650 with two outs and runners in scoring amazing, position. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of the roles that we got in 17, they were getting this year. And uh, just the little things and, and talking with Mookie and when he threw me out and, like, you know, he's like, I didn't even look at second base before I let go of the ball. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's probably how you guys <laughs> how are. Going, yeah, yeah, it's just how it's going. But, you know, being in the locker room, obviously, you know, we had unfinished business and, uh, you know, we didn't get the job done. But. You know, we had a we had a heck of a heck of a season, and uh, once we got into the postseason, we were we were going strong. But uh, you know, I think the Red Sox, you know, the ball just rolled their way, and uh, you know, I think no one was really holding their head down. But I think that you know, we want more for this year. So I think the slogan "Take It Back" is pretty cool. You and Mookie kind of follow similar paths too, not only growing yeah. up together, but second baseman mm -hmm. with, in his case, Pedroia, in your case, Altuve, yeah. and now outfielders. Yeah, he said that he didn't go to Vandy because of me. I don't really believe him, but <laughs> I don't really believe him. But we—that's the story that people he, believe, though. Yeah, he says it, but yeah, I remember sitting down in our in our third base dugout, and he's like, "You know, I can't come here." I'm like, "Why?" He's like, "Cause you're gonna be playing." I'm like, "Dude, we we'll figure it out." Like, yeah, we'll, they'll find room. We'll find yeah, room. There's right? eight spots up and, there. And uh, you know, being on the same team as Mookie for three years and seeing him develop as a player, you knew he was really good, but. Uh, you know the the uh, the MVPs and the Gold Gloves and the World Series he rings, and you just see him, and you're like, wow, he completely, you know, once he got into pro ball, he understood what kind of player he was and grew into his own body, uh, coming out in the fifth round, and he's just he's a heck of a player. Unbelievable! You never bowled with him, right? Uh, I actually did. Uh oh. I did a uh, I did an event with him. It was actually pretty cool with with Price, and uh, we did it down to Murfreesboro, Tennessee, which is about. Uh, 45 minutes south of Nashville, and I went, and Price was there, and 
Uh, we bowled it up. He had some professional bowlers come out. It was pretty cool. I uh, I broke 100. There you go. That's I broke good. 100. I know, go. I know. And they were like 290s and 280s. I was like, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, they're putting up ridiculous yeah, numbers. Yeah, but he's, uh, you know, he's in the league. He he bowls three times a week. In the offseason? In the offseason, yeah. Wow. Yeah, That's so. Mookie Betts. Tony Kemp is our guest tonight on Astro Line. We're going to take another break. One more segment with the other TK. Todd Callis, Jeff Blum, Tony Kemp, the official hot stuff show of the Houston Astros presented by Carbach Brewing Company live from Duffy Sports Grill. We'll continue after this on the Houston Astros Radio Network. The offseason is here, and that means it's the perfect time for talking baseball over a great beer. Conversations with agents, with players, and other teams. So pop open a Love Street Blonde or Hopadillo IPA and discuss all of the hot stove wheeling and dealing. Astroline. Astroline presented by Carbach Brewing Company. That's certainly what we want to hear. And if you're looking for a great place for a cold one, head on over to Carbach Brewing, where we're open seven days a week for lunch, dinner, and of course, some great brews. So crack one open, but cold locally brewed Carbach. Carbach Brewing, proud supporter of the Houston Astros. With plenty of player interaction and warm weather, spring training is something every baseball fan needs to experience. So, see you later! Get to West Palm Beach and see your Houston Astros in action at the 15 ballpark of the Palm Beaches. While you're here, don't miss our 20 craft breweries and 47 miles of beautiful beaches. Start planning your trip at thepalmbeaches.com for the best way to experience Florida. Welcome back to Astro Line, presented by Carbach Brewing Company. We are live from Duffy Sports Grill, downtown West Palm Beach on Clematis Street. Todd Callis, Jeff Blum, Tony Kemp, our special guest tonight. The Astros will have another game tomorrow. So far, five games into the spring training schedule. They are 2-2-1 two, two and one with a loss today to the Miami Marlins. Tomorrow, they'll be taking on the Washington Nationals, weather permitting There'll be a game tomorrow over at the 15 ballpark of the Palm Beaches. Tony, uh, we were talking about your preparation earlier and how you go through getting ready for spring training games. Uh, you guys play in perfect conditions usually at Minute Maid Park because the roof's usually closed. Life's a little different in spring training. Life, Sun? Life is a little different in spring training. Close that dome. <laughs> Sun, uh, yeah. Amen. I mean, yeah, you, uh, you know, we always joke around. There's no way to get ready for spring training unless you put your cleats on and walk around in a parking lot. <laughs> that's pretty much that's pretty much what it feels like uh you know most of the guys have their you know cleats on feet, feet throbbing at the end of the day and uh you know there's no way to get ready for spring training but preparation in the in the weight room but you got to think about those guys are we're training in the weight room and running on the field but you know it doesn't get re you ready for sitting out in the sun for three and four hours so uh you just got to be as ready as you can be your main goal and we talked about your on-base percentage. Are you trying to track a lot of pitches early in the spring? Yeah. Uh, you know, what's big for me is uh, honing in on my BP and uh, understanding, it, you know, swinging a pitch, hey, is that off the plate? Hey, is that is that down and in? And uh, being able to know that I'm swinging at, swinging at strikes and taking the balls. And, uh, you know, it sounds really sounds really simple, but it can be complex. And, uh, you know, I think that's that's what I do well, and, and I know that, uh, being able to hone in on your strengths is is a, is a big deal, especially in this game. And having guys like having George Springer know that he loves me hitting in the nine holes, everything because you know a player like that and having him having confidence in me to know uh, the wherewithal or the feel in the game to take a couple pitches when he you know is struggling or if he says hey you know we're gonna go on this second pitch regardless if I'm 1-0 or 0-1 and being able to have that uh, teammate to bounce things off each other is is a big deal. So. Uh, I just know if I can get on base, it's uh, you know it's going to be a good game. Double and a triple already in spring training, hitting the ball hard. 
I don't know if you know this, but last season, your medium to hard hit percentages, 82.7. Really? <laughs> God. Is that not insane? That's great yeah, stuff. That, I mean, we're going to stroke your ego a little bit, yeah. but that goes to the plate discipline. We talk about the ability to get on base out of the nine hole, but you're not a passive hitter. You're, no. You're swing first, take second, yeah. and that's what leads to that, isn't it? I think, it, I, yeah, that's actually, that's actually, I didn't know that. That's actually a cool stat. Um, you know, you get all caught up in this exit velo. You just want to barrel the baseball. Yeah. And, uh, you know, me honing, honing in on that skill is big for me, especially talking with guys like, uh, Altuve and talking with guys like uh, Carlos Correa, you know, we, we try to do similar things. So, uh, you know, understanding that and understanding, you know, to be in your own zone is uh, it's a big deal. You talk about strengths. That's obviously one of them, the zone command. What, what weaknesses do you have and are you working on them in spring training? Yeah, so, you know, weakness has always been uh, arm or, or, or jumps or, or reads and, you know, it, it's always going to be something. So, I uh, had a couple outfit assists last year and uh, you know, ma no matter what it may be, uh, you always can be working on something. Uh, so being able to have a, a throwing program this offseason and strengthen my arm and uh, get it in the best shape it, it's, it's ever been and being able to throw to bases and, you know, actually have people compliment on, on the hard work that you do in the offseason is, is big because, you know, they can see those strides. They can see the, the four-seam backspin coming off your hand going into home and uh, the one hops and, and, and the long throws. So it's good. It's good. Tony Kemp, our guest today, he was uh, playing in the game earlier this afternoon over in Jupiter against the Miami Marlins. Uh, Astros, basically at that point in the game, it was minor leaguers versus minor leaguers when Marlins scored uh, three runs to win that game, 3 okay. nothing. Uh But when you were in the game, it yeah. was your first live look at Wade mm -hmm. Miley. He's going to yeah. be uh, oh, yeah. one of the new guys in the Astros rotation. As a defender, obviously, he's a quick worker. So love, you love, love What, love what did you see today? Yeah, it's, uh, it's good that you actually brought that up. We... Uh, we were laughing about it. Correa said that he said, "Man, I wasn't even ready. I wasn't even looking at the pitch, and you were already <laughs> going." He said, uh, "You know, so it's good that spring training you get uh, to understand pitchers' paces, and uh, that that's awesome because uh, you know, as you know, you're out there. If if you're on the, the on your heels, that's that's Man, not that's a not good, good, not good feeling. Not a good feeling. <laughs> so uh, being able to have a pitcher to you know, hopefully this pitch clock thing speeds up the game too, and pitchers are getting on their rubber sooner and." Uh, you know, him, him flashing all his pitches from center field, everything looks pretty good. And so I'm excited to see, uh, you know, what he has for this year. And, you know, you can tell that he's already excited to be a part of our team. Well, you brought it up, pitch clock. You're, you sound mm -hmm. like you're in favor of it, but d does it have any effect on you as a hitter? Are you recognizing that clock, and are you running to the batter's box, or do you feel that you're rushed at all? Sometimes. So if I'm leading off an inning and I'm running in from left field, that's probably the only time that I'm really worried about it. I don't think that Tyler White from first base really has to worry about it or <laughs> – or a DH, but yeah, if you're coming in from the outfield, say you just made a diving catch, he'll usually give you a couple seconds on the clock, but, uh, you know, it's something that you have to be aware of now, and uh, we'll see how it works. We'll see if pitchers get on there and, and step off, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll make something, we'll make, a, we'll make another deal out of it, you know, also, you know, foul balls is a big thing, too, in the game, and obviously that's just a part of the game, but, mm -hmm. you know, that slows the game down, too, so you know, as, as much as they want to slow down the game, probably still going to be around three hours. So, <laughs> Last year was a year where Alex Bregman took off yeah. uh, top four in MVP voting, and then really all the other guys had decent years but not quite where they were in 2017. Yeah. Do you look at last year, and, and certainly injuries played a part in it with some key players, mm -hmm. you look at last year and think, oh, my gosh, in 2019, if everybody's healthy, you lo lose Marwin, but you add a Michael Brantley. This yeah. this offense could be lethal. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be dangerous. Um, you know, especially going back to Bregman. Uh, you know, I think something that makes him special is 
you know, we talk about the game within the game. And, uh, you know, s small cues that fans might not understand is, you know, being able to, you know, let a teammate know what the pitcher's throwing or a sequence a pitcher likes to go to in a certain situation of a game. And he's locked into all that. You know, he gets to the field early and, uh, you know, he's, he's running by your locker. Hey, what do you think about this? Hey, what do you think about that? I mean, he eats and he eats, sleeps baseball. And uh, it showed last year being able to see the strides that he made coming from last year uh, into from 2017 to 2018 is huge. And him hitting those home runs and doubles and driving guys in. And uh, he's a great teammate. He, pitch, he picks up on uh, a lot of cues from the pitcher. And uh, I can say that he's made me a better baseball player, being able to uh, pick up on certain things. And, you know, those little things lead to wins overseas and those one-run ball games that, you know, you need to pick up on something little because we're not really picking up up off something and he's he's been the guy that has really taken us over that hump so uh yeah leading into this year uh bregman's gonna have a big year i feel and uh brantley we've got some good additions and i think that our our team is gonna gel well together when you go on the road obviously minute Maid's a great place to play when you go on the road what is your favorite ballpark to go to <laughs> i uh i love i love playing at safeco I love the whole atmosphere in the city there. I just love Seattle. Yep. I do. It's uh, and especially it's in our it's on our division. So being able to go there and uh, being able to have some success there, I like the batter's eye there. So see oh, the, that thing is it's, it's dark. See the ball. See <laughs> yeah. the, you see the ball well there. Nice. Uh, when's your next game? You said you usually know in advance. I think I'm, I'm, think I'm off tomorrow, okay. and, I'll, and I'll and I'll play the next day, but. Uh, I'll be ready then. I'll be ready then. I'll be in the cage until then. Have you guys been hyper aggressive on the bases? Has AJ <laughs> That's really a good question. has AJ really pushed you with leads and mm -hmm. running? And obviously, you guys always try and take first to third. But it yeah. seems like this spring is he's almost daring you to, to challenge yourself. Help. Yeah, uh, we we talk about that in a lot in our, in our pregame meetings is the uh, the ability of ninety feet. And uh, you know, you think about ninety feet, and you think about the difference between first base and second base is huge, but second base to third base is even bigger. So being able to go first to third, uh, even being in the outfield, it's hard to throw a runner out, especially going to your left, going to your right, try to make a long throw to third base and not to throw it too high or too low to where that runner from first doesn't get in scoring position as well. So it's a tough play. And especially in spring training is one of the things that we do well is we like to be aggressive on the bases and kind of see where we're at. And you know, I know George got tangled up the other day and, and gotten a rundown, <laughs> but uh, you know, he's, uh, he's high energy all the time. And you can tell that you know, that's what we do well. And, and 90 feet uh, in a game can actually mean the ball game. So uh, I think that's one thing that we continue to work on and do well. I think George was just expecting the windmill to keep going. Gary Pettis over there. I, we all were. I was we all were. Yeah, you all we all were. We're always everybody. in, you know, he stood up in a meeting and he said, you know, be surprised if he stops you. <laughs> and he actually stopped <laughs> and went two outs. And we're like, yo, what? Gary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh, it's, uh, it's all good. Love listening to you and Blummer talk hitting, and thanks for joining us tonight, uh, Tony. It was, it was great to have you here. Yeah, no, no, I really appreciate it. No, no, always problem. Do. no problem, guys. It's always good Tony stuff, Kemp, our guest tonight on Astro Line, the official spring training hot stove show for the Houston Astros. We will be back. It's presented by Carbach Brewing Company. More after this on the Houston Astros Radio Network. The offseason is here, and that means it's the perfect time for talking baseball over a great beer. Conversations with agents, with players, and other teams. So pop open a Love Street Blonde or Hopadillo IPA and discuss all of the hot stove wheeling and dealing. Astroline. Astroline presented by Carbach Brewing Company. That's certainly what we want to hear. And if you're looking for a great place for a cold one, head on over to Carbach Brewing, where we're open seven days a week for lunch, 
dinner, and of course, some great brews. It's a crack one open, but cold locally brewed Carbock. Carbock Brewing, proud supporter of the Houston Astros. With plenty of player interaction and warm weather, spring training is something every baseball fan needs to experience. So, see you later! Get to West Palm Beach and see your Houston Astros in action at the 15 ballpark of the Palm Beaches. While you're here, don't miss our 20 craft breweries and 47 miles of beautiful beaches. Start planning your trip at thepalmbeaches.com for the best way to experience Florida. Welcome back to Astro Line, presented by Carbach Brewing Company. We are at Duffy's at Clematis Street. That is in downtown West Palm Beach, show number two of four in our spring training schedule. We had about uh, seven of them, six or seven of them up in Houston, and now we're down in Florida. Todd Cowles with Jeff Blum for our final segment. We want to thank Tony Kemp again for being our guest tonight in Blummer. Uh, the big news today in Major League Baseball is guys getting extensions. Nolan Arenado is closing in on an eight-year, $260 million extension. $32.5 million a year. And the guy can flat-out play. So. And he's one of the guys I feel that you actually say, yeah, he's worth it. Miles Michaelis getting a four-year, $68 million extension from the Cardinals. Guys that are now Sensing approaching their final year of their contracts, Aaron Hicks the day before getting signed by teams to extensions. I like it, yeah. And there's a little bit of a trend of these guys pre-free agency, basically teams buying out the end of their free agency. And if they're good enough, they're buying into that free agency. So they're going to keep them around that ball club. But I, there, there are so many things that go into the equation for me on this, this idea of signing guys who are young, uh, un, you know, still under club control, but extending them through through free agency a couple more years. A lot of these guys are 22, 24, 26 years old, so they're purchasing what in the analytic world is their peak seasons, mm -hmm. that 26 to 32 seasons. So they're buying those seasons and keeping them local, and it's great. I know that free agency's taking a little bit of a hit, but I do appreciate the fact that some of these teams are keeping being a little bit more loyal to the guys who came up through their system and giving them these extensions. But it if this trend continues, I like where it's continuing and hopefully with the Astros because there's some guys coming up at the end of their uh, arbitration hearings that might want to stay around Houston a little bit longer. No, that's a great point. There's some guys that right now uh, each year it'll, it'll staircase. There'll be some big decisions coming up. Obviously, Jose Altuve got the big extension last year. Uh, all four of the top four guys in the rotation are done at the end of this year for their Man. contract. And then, of course, you've got the Correas and the Bregmans and the Springers. It's going to be... It's going to be interesting to see what happens. It is, and these guys play so well together. And you know Jim Crane loves winning. Yep. Jeff Luno's got the analytics going. And a lot of these guys were drafted and, and nurtured in the Astros system, so they fit a lot of the mold that the Astros like. So it's kind of a good combination that you've got an owner that loves to win, has the money to pay the guys, and you've got a guy who has the analytics and has his guys that he's drafted and, and, and brought up and developed in this organization. So it could be a really good mix. And I know if Alex Bregman has another year like he did last year and ends up what should have been the top three he should have been. in MVP voting. I think so. Man, he, he, he might be knocking on Jim's door. I would have. I would have uh, yeah, absolutely. I would have voted for him <laughs> over Jose Ramirez at Me least too. in the top I, three. I completely agree. Um, so where does this sit with, with Bryce Harper, do you think? And obviously we only know what we read, but uh, a lot of people thought Bryce Harper was – destined to go to Philadelphia yeah. and here Nolan Arenado apparently signs with the Rockies and I think 
the Dodgers may have been interested in Arenado if he had been a free agent next year. So now he's not on the board for them anymore. Does that mean the Dodgers' rumors might be valid that they're now back in the Bryce Harper sweepstakes? Yeah, and I might, I might flip this on you a little bit too because we, you know, you I, you're going to be calling games on uh, AT and T Sportsnet with me for the next couple of days, but. You know, is the is the deal with Harper? Is it the bulk of the contract where he wants to have that three hundred and fifty million dollar contract, or is it the annual average value of the contract where he wants to now Arenado's the highest paid guy in baseball? Does he renegotiate his contract and say, "I want to be at thirty two point <laughs> six million per year"? So, do you think you know what is the what is the thought process behind Harper? I think the thought process is Scott Boris. And I, I think that's probably, you know, maybe one of the reasons why Dallas Keuchel hasn't signed yet because he's got Bryce Harper to do. Well, he's knocking on Scott's door going, hey, I'm still here, man. <laughs> I can use a job. Don't forget about <laughs> me. Uh, but, I, yeah, it's a good question. Obviously, Bryce would, would like to get the highest contract, whether it's annually uh, per year, uh, more than Arenado or, or, or the total package that Manny Machado got. Uh, but the fact is – the Washington Nationals have already, you know, they've turned yeah, the they page, came out and, and they've they're they're that's who we're going to see tomorrow. Yep. Um, so they went out and made some changes too, but it's it's a whole different dynamic now with Bryce Harper not in Washington. Yeah, it's and it's crazy to me, and I and I I'm I'm with the players in the sense that how do the technically the two best free agents, not just best free agents, you could argue that Manny Machado is the is the best infielder in baseball right now with Nolan Arenado. Mm-hmm. You could argue that Bryce Harper is one of the best outfielders in the game right now, both production, uh, maybe not so good in the outfield, but he brings a lot to the plate. How are these guys not signed? Why aren't teams jumping on the opportunity to bring these guys in? Because it's, yes, these guys are going to bring, you know, their war numbers or they're going to bring that runs uh, created to the, to the ballpark every day, but they're also going to put butts in the seats. Yeah. You know, these guys are marketing tools, and I think that's the way San Diego kind of looked at it and said, this guy's going to be highly productive. We've got a young farm system to put around him. But we're also going to – people are going to show up and pay money to watch Manny Machado play the game every day. Yep. You know, hopefully. I know that the hustle's an issue, but he may surprise a lot of people and hustle and be that blue-collar type guy that adds the superstar production to it. But I, it's still shocking to me that – I agree with you that the agent and the player have something to do with it, but I'm still shocked that Bryce Harper is not in spring training somewhere. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. And for Dallas, you hope that he signs soon. I just saw a quote from him saying he hopes to meet his new team teammates or possibly his old teammates very soon. I know. Soon. Pretty clever move right there. <laughs> yeah. I like it. And a lot of fans love that too. Because he's getting to the point now, March 28th, we're a month and a day away from the start of the regular season. And for a pitcher, the clock starts to tick where you want to start building up. No, you nailed it. I mean, you absolutely nailed it. Even though we talked to AJ and he says his spring training's too long and these guys are getting started a little bit earlier, it's still, you know, Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole have a program. They're out there throwing, you know, maybe not 100%, but they're throwing to big league hitters. They're throwing in-game action, and you can't replicate that on a high school field back in uh, Cyprus or, you know, wherever uh, Dallas Keuchel's working out at. So it's, it's good to get in camp. It's good to get acclimated. It's put the uniform on. Say hi to your guys. Get to know some of them and get on the field and see how they react behind you when you're pitching. It's a big deal. It's been fun this spring, and we only have about a minute and a half left in the show, but it's been fun this spring because Verlander's done his thing today. Garrett Cole did his thing for eight pitches. Wade Miley. Tomorrow we'll see Colin McHugh's first start. Good to see him back in the rotation. But the young guns, man, have really been impressive. They have been very impressive. I know that you were here yesterday. You saw Forrest Whitley throw. 
Uh, he, he's a large human. I mean, he, he commands the mound when he gets on there, and the ball jumps out of his hand. It was great to see that. He's got a wicked changeup and a couple of good curveballs we saw. The day before, Corbin Martin, a guy that we relatively not heard of until the last season when he jumped into Corpus and put up some great numbers, and he had an effective outing, hung a changeup, but he bounced right back and got the next guy to fly out. So good maturity, good arms, and good com- composure. Blummer, we're going to be around each other for a while here. Not only About time. Where have you been, man? <laughs> right. Jeez. We got the uh, Astro Line tonight after a day of golf. We've got a, our first television <laughs> broadcast. Golf day. To, uh, first television broadcast tomorrow. Yep. Uh, that'll be against the Nationals, weather permitting. Uh, that'll be a 105 local noon start back in uh, Houston. We've got uh, Thursday's game yep. on the broadcast, uh, TV broadcast as well. And then Friday, we're going to take over. We took over Astro Line tonight. We're going to take over the radio airwaves, you, myself, and Julia. That, that's going to be an exciting time. We can be a little more loose on the radio because their, their management's a little, not as tight as ours. <laughs> so I think that we're going to have me and Julia take over a couple of innings and, and let you relax a little bit and be the analyst and let us uh, call some play-by-play. I think that would be a lot of fun. But we always have a good time. I love it, brother. Always fun taking over on the radio side with Believe you. Believe it. For Jeff Blum and our special guest tonight, Tony Kemp, we want to also thank... Our buddy Matt Bolts over here for running the program and Bob Elliott back in Houston getting the job done and making this sound good. For everybody here as well at Duffy's, thanks for showing up. Hope you enjoy the program. We'll see you next Thursday. Steve Sparks and Mike Caps will be along with the next Astro Line on March 7th. Have a good night, everybody. Astro Line. You've been listening to Sports Talk 790 Astro Line, the Astros' official off-season show presented by Carbock Brewing Company. Astro Line. On Sports Talk 790, home of the Strohs. Later, later.